welcome to The Divine Style with Jalinda Stella, personal stylist and spiritual mentor, and Alison Maiden, psychic medium and metaphysical teacher. Each episode, we share spiritual lessons to cultivate self-love and self-expression so you can become the best version of you. Today, we are talking all about conditioning. Mm, not your hair. No. <laughs> That's sort of, yeah, it could have been. I mean, considering we do talk about style topics at times. <laughs> well, it's, when you think about it, conditioning your hair is pretty much the same as conditioning everything else. It's like, it's making it more manageable. Yes. Right? So conditioning is about making people more manageable. Fantastic. That's a good way of describing that. Nice. Segway. That's a good segue. <laughs> the way that I think of conditioning is almost like a, a, the labels or the roles that we place on ourselves and what that contains. So, uh, for example, uh, you know, a, a condition could be I'm a female and therefore I have to be a mother. Yes. But not every female has to become a mother. No. Or wants to be. No. For that matter. No, absolutely, and and your society does have a lot to answer for in the way that people are conditioned these days. Um, but I think what it comes down to is not being able to think for yourself, like you're moving along with the crowd or the the group of people all around you that are doing the same thing. And even though it may not feel right to you or not may not feel like it is part of who you are, you will do it because of the conditioning around you saying, well, you should go with the crowd and you should be with the crowd. Um, and that's quite dangerous for our health and our happiness. It is indeed. And I think with conditioning, it does, like you said, it's societal. Uh, I think there's beliefs. There's also uh, religious um, you know, expectations, things like that. It can come in many different forms. It can mm. even, I, I guess we can think about it from a, you know, a perspective that if I... Oh, the other day, actually, I've got a really good example. The other day, I've been moving house. And my dad, I was sort of telling um, like him where to put stuff and, and sort of doing this and he turned around and said you're being bossy and I said I know how dare I (laughs) and in the past I would have been really offended or hurt or taken aback and and I guess maybe took an offense to it Mm -hmm. but instead I sort of giggled to myself and I said dad you raised me to be the queen that I am (laughs) (laughs) exactly and I was like you will move it where I wanted you to <laughs> and not two seconds later Mercedes my oldest daughter she basically did exactly the same thing he said do you want some help she said I could do it myself <laughs> but I recognized that it was his preconditioning yeah. that he saw that women shouldn't be bossy no. that was his subconscious that was his condition well he's from that era isn't he mm. where most women were barefoot and pregnant exactly and <laughs> it was so funny change of the sink as they used to say <laughs> oh my gosh it's horrendous so yeah I mean if you look at the, the, the ages and how we've come through the last few generations it's certainly been a very quick succession from the 1950s housewife through to, to what we are today which um, strong powerful independent women regardless of whether we're mothers or not you know we're yes. expected to, um, to to hold down a full-time job and still be um, a housekeeper a mother a wife and, and all those sorts of things I mean we're talking specifically here gender-wise as far as females go but I mean it applies to men as well yeah like men don't cry another yeah. condition that, that that has been placed on, on men and yeah. they can certainly cry and it's good to cry yeah so I think that, you know, particularly with the new movements that are going on at the moment, recognising, um, you know, uh, different sexualities, recognising the, the colours and creeds of the world, and, and everything is pretty much in your face at the moment. So it's, it's kind of gone from um, one extreme to another 
in, in lots of ways. But I mean, gosh, in the middle ground, we are all just people. We are all um, trying to find happiness and we're all just moving along this thing called life um, and doing the best we can with it, you know. So the last thing we need is judgment from others because they've been conditioned in a certain way. Yes. I guess we should look at some common conditions that we, we notice. And again, these we are in Australia, so some of the things we might be talking about might be specific to our culture and, and how where we've grown up as well. Uh, but I guess if we do talk about, um, you know, there's gender roles, there's, uh, there's which, which goes into then workplaces, income, all of those sorts of things. There's things like our, our health. Mm. So if we think about our health, that we've got con- uh, preconditioned ideas around our health that, you know, that if we get sick, then we need to go to the doctor or, you know, we, we need to go to the hospital or things like that. As opposed to way back when, when there wasn't that thing, we ate well, we ate good food and we went in the sun. And so conditioning comes in lots of different forms, doesn't it, in, throughout our life? Well, actually, it's so funny because I was just hearing a conversation this morning about um, how a friend of ours was in, in hospital for a minor situation um, and before she left um, because she'd had some sort of anaesthetic they wanted her to have something to eat um, and they, they, they pointed her towards the cafeteria and she's vegan and she said well actually there's nothing I can eat in there and and they said well why not she said because it's all junk food processed <laughs> food and I just want a banana or an apple or something healthy and she couldn't get that in the hospital cafeteria and you have to think about that don't you because in general, you know, our society has gone to this processed fast food, you know, as, as quick as we can get out the door and, and eat while we're running. Easy. Um, you know, yeah. drive-throughs. Um, and, and so, yeah, it has become very fast. Life has become very fast. And we're not actually looking at what our body needs and feeding our body properly. Um, so, you know, hats off to those people that do. I mean, seriously, if you, you know, plan your week ahead and you cook really good meals for yourself and you're able to take those with you. And I, I mean, I've actually had to learn to do that myself because of my food allergies, because I can't just go to a takeaway and I can't eat out um, because of my allergies. So I've had to learn to pre-prepare like I bought lunch today you know so this is all about um, just thinking about things ahead and understanding that you owe this to yourselves you owe this to yourselves to get out of the conditioning that's around you to be more healthy and to take care of yourself because this part of self-love yes it is and self-worth and I think with conditioning it's it's starting to become aware of the conditioning so starting to question why you do the things you do what's the automatic habits so for example as a as a mother uh, you know, maybe I nag and I think, why do I nag? Because I've thought that that's what my mum did or, you know, that's what her mum did. And so then when you start to go, oh, is that how I actually want to be? So like you said, becoming conscious of how we want to show up in the world. Oh my gosh. I tell you this, the other night I was doing the live show in Sydney and, um, there was a quote that I said to this particular lady because her mum was talking from spirit and she was, the, the mum in spirit was saying that she wasn't spending enough time with her husband you know her daughter wasn't spending enough time with her husband to spend time with dad and she wanted to spend time with her her own own husband husband. yeah she was giving her advice from spirit world and she was saying you're like ships that pass in the night and that's a really old saying right and she came up to me afterwards because my mother used to say that all the time (laughs) like you know and it's it's that learned behavior isn't it is that all the old sayings and things that we get from our parents um, you know, uh, I'll give you something to cry about. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. 
when yeah. I remember I was like smacked and I think it was like I, I didn't deserve it and they said that's for next time yeah. <laughs> we can laugh about it now but at the time that... it was not funny no it's not and so you know you do you learn so much from your own your own parents and um, even psychologists will say that you learn from the opposite parent how to love so you know how how you're if you're a female you how the male counterpart or the, the masculine counterpart in the family um, loved you is how you expect love to be so if that I mean I grew up um, with a father who was severely damaged from World War two you know he had a lot of um, post-traumatic stress I suppose is now is what we call it back then they called it shell shock um, but he wasn't a particularly easy person to live with um, and so I grew up, you know, without being a psychic or without being, um, you know, otherwise aware, um, I think I could have been a very damaged child um, because of that, you know, because he, he wasn't able to love freely. He had a lot of problems and he was, he was actually self-medicating with alcohol. Mm -hmm. So um, I grew up feeling quite uh, unsafe in my environment. Um, and when you you have those that knowledge, you know that that is that is his problem. It's not my problem. Um, it's because of what happened to him. Um, he's now not forcing it on me, but um, you know just because I'm there, right? Uh, I'm around it. And so the conditioning back then was you don't speak about it, you don't talk about it to other people. What happens in the family stays in the family. So even now, even this conversation we're having now is actually breaking that conditioning. Yeah. Right in this very moment. Yeah. That you can actually speak about it because a lot of that was seen and not heard. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And there was certain topics that were off, you know, don't talk about your finances or religion or, mm. uh, yeah, there's, there was a few of Can them, you imagine there? Facebook would have absolutely blown that out of the water back then. Everybody shares their dirty laundry on Facebook. So uh, I think Facebook's like a tool for you know people to just get it all out there you know it's pretty quite cathartic really like sitting there and talking about all your worries um, but because it's not seen as something that's uh, in your face or you're not talking directly to someone it's not as um, uh, taxing on on your emotions so you can sort of hide behind the keyboard a little mm. bit you know uh, but the conditioning now is that we are sharing. We're maybe oversharing. It's often oversharing, isn't in it? In some cases. And then some people will love the drama, so they get attached to the drama. So where's the middle ground? How do we find the middle ground here so that we don't follow our old conditioning and that we can actually change what has happened in the past that's been negative into positive things for us? Yes, very true. So reprogramming, how, how would you suggest someone starts... Well, first of all, you've got to acknowledge that you've got a problem. That's the first thing. And I think that's really difficult when um, you're living a certain way and it's always been that way and, you know, you're, you're programming from your childhood and your parents, your conditioning, um, leads you to think that it's normal. Yes. Right? But are you happy? That's a good indicator. That's always a good indicator. Mm. And often when someone says, how are you? We're quick to say, I'm well or I'm fine or I'm, I'm good. But are you happy? That's a really good question to start with. Whenever anyone asks me how I am, I'm always honest mm. about how I am. And I usually say I'm tired. <laughs> because I am a lot of the time. Because I work a lot, you know, and I am tired. But you're being truthful. Yeah, I'm being truthful. But it just makes people so uncomfortable. It, it does. It's very funny. Yeah. It does. When, yeah, it's when, I mean, because I've been moving house, people have said, oh, how are you doing? I'm like, really stressed, quite overwhelmed. <laughs> But if you knew me a few years ago, I would have said, I'm fine. But yeah. you see, if you said that to me, I'd be like, oh, how can I help you? Because 
that's what I do, right? Yes. I'm, I'm naturally a healer and so I would want to help you. But if you put it towards somebody that didn't understand that aspect of life, they, would be, <laughs> they wouldn't know what to say or what to do because they'd be quite scared. They would be overwhelmed by what you just said to them. I, I don't know what to do with that. So I'm going to put it back into your ball court and not say a word and go, oh, that's nice or something of the effect. Because <laughs> they don't you know? expect it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think what it comes down to is go to people that you know can help you. If you are unhappy in a situation, you need to seek out professionals that can actually sit with you and work out what that might be because I don't think a lot of us know what is making us unhappy. It's so true. Whenever we're upset for the reason we think, it always goes a lot deeper. Oh, absolutely. We need to kind of unpack it mm. you know it's like an onion <laughs> that damn onion how many layers <laughs> <laughs> it's so true you've got to ha- take each thing as it comes when I'm doing healings on people and particularly when we go through past life healings because you know, we've done this before we've actually filmed this before we have um, we go in on the emotion so that's a really good place to start you know if you're feeling angry all the time or frustrated all the time There's something underneath that that's causing it. And it's usually that you're not feeling worthy or that you're not feeling loved or it's a frustration that's coming from a place deep inside of you. If you don't give that back to yourself, you're not going to get it from anywhere else. Other people around you are there to show you what is missing or what you need, you know. And so therefore, um, you know, don't blame people for not loving you or not showing you emotion. Um, you've got to look at it as, oh, this is the mirror. I'm, I'm not feeling this, so therefore I've got to do something about it. And it's so spot on. It reminds me of, uh, as, a, as a parent as well, or as a wife, or in any of these roles we play, or even as, as a healer, or um, whatever we do when we're doing something for someone else, when we're doing it with that thought of getting something back, mm. even if it's a thank you or an appreciation, whilst we can go, oh, that's you know, the polite thing to do, if you're doing it with the expectation mm-hmm. of having something come back to you, mm-hmm. you're leaving yourself up for disappointed like to be disappointed and so when I think of myself if if I'm feeling a lack of appreciation where am I not appreciating myself yes where am I not giving myself gratitude for what I'm doing absolutely because we don't need it from an outside source no because it, it the trigger happens because it's missing within us you know so if somebody's um, not paying attention to you or not giving you what you need the trigger happens in you because it's not there in the first place you need to feed that to yourself first um, as soon as you've got all of that inside of you, it won't matter what they do. <laughs> they can stand on their head, they can cartwheel. It's not going to matter because it's in you and you've got it there and you don't need them around you to validate who you are. Um, and, you know, I get a lot of this from people that say, you know, my my um, mum my or my dad didn't love me or I, I just feel like I'm not worthy because I, I was you know a mistake gosh that breaks my heart oh when I that's hear the that. worst thing a parent can ever say to their <laughs> child yeah I feel like saying um even though it was probably said by mum and dad in jest or as a bit of a joke um think about just go back and think about the connotations around what happened to them when they found out they were pregnant with you um it may have been that you know they weren't together properly they maybe weren't in a relationship or that they were um, of a time where you had to be married yes. or of a culture of a culture that that you know you should have been, been married taboo. first yeah, yeah. Um, how their parents would have reacted to this so all in all you know from from the time you were conceived you were 
in amongst all these emotions and mixed emotions of the people around you. And as, as humans and as souls, we absorb all of that. Mm-hmm. So right from the very start, you may have felt like you weren't loved or wanted. From the beginning. From the womb. Yeah. You know, because you've absorbed all of the energies of the people that were terrified of what was going to come about because of this mistake that had happened. Mm-hmm. But as we know, the universe doesn't make mistakes. No, it does not. Right. I told all of my children, they're all surprises. <laughs> You were a happy surprise. Yes. Happy surprise. Happy surprise. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. So when when a uh, a baby is within the womb, you know the the worst thing you can do is to feel bad about what's happened to you or yes. what's what's around you. Just look at it in a try and look at it in a different way. Um, the child will take on that energy. I remember talking to all my babies when they were in my my tummy and telling them how much they were adored and loved and um, you know even. Um, my, my youngest who he came in a little bit early and he was a very tiny um, and I used to whisper in his ear how much he was loved and adored right from the start you know so I think that it comes down to you loving whatever happens in your life it's happening for the right reasons you've got to take the good out of whatever the experience is um, and I'm not saying that it's not going to affect you negatively because we know it does but get help if it does. You know, yes. don't don't think about the negatives in every single situation over and over again like it's an attack on you because that's the conditioning. Yes, and we and even in the conditioning itself, we want to look at it as an amazing learning thing so that we can we can learn from, not be angry at why it's happened or how we were conditioned because yeah. again, this is generational a lot of the time from our parents' parents and their parents' parents. So Absolutely. in our DNA, it is literally in the family DNA and you're the one to heal the DNA. So you don't want this to go f- further into your kids or your grandkids, you know. Um, when you change the way of thinking around a situation in the family, you are actually changing the energy around that. So you're reprogramming the energy, you're reprogramming the DNA, and you're reprogramming the outcome for future generations. So they're no longer going to feel like they're the ones that aren't loved or they're the ones that aren't um, right in being here. You know, it's, it's very sad when people don't feel like they have the right to be here. Yes. And, and so they try their whole life to please everyone around them, and it's never going to happen because they're setting themselves up for the fall. You know. That's so true. And reprogramming and, like you say, getting help, that's really important to, to do that. And be aware that when you do start to go through these moments of awareness and, and waking up, it can be quite confusing. Mm. Uh, I know for myself, when I started to question the narratives of why the things, you know, why they were the way they were, and it set me a little bit mad, just just for a little bit. <laughs> she got better. I did. I got better. I got better. But it did. It, you know, when you really start to question why things are, I remember years and years ago, I've, I've got an amazing friend who uh, is a doctor, and she was never able to have children, but it was a choice because of her career mm. overtook. And she said, in other countries, both parents take six months off at the same time. Mm. In, in Europe, there's certain countries that do that. And, yeah. and when she told me this, I said, oh, well, that's never going to happen here. And it's just the way it is. And you, you know, that was my mindset. That was your conditioning. That was my conditioning. Yeah. It is the way it is. And then not that long after, I think I must have, maybe six to 12 months later, I was like, why is it like that? <laughs> why is it like that? Where <laughs> did that drops. happen? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Switzerland. Switzerland's a wonderful country. Sweden, another one. Denmark, they all give parental leave. Yes, fantastic. So that you can bond with your children and you can actually have that time. So it shouldn't be just one parent or the other. And, and the other thing, that if we look at even their prison systems, mm. it's about rehabilitation. 
mm. not about not about imprisoning somebody. It's about teaching them how to be better. Do you know I've got a fascinating story with that? Oh, tell me. So there's this massive pyramid that they built in Russia as a uh, well. Russia's very very advanced when it comes to psychic. Um, phenomenon and exploring psychic phenomenon so they built a pyramid because they know that pyramid has um, power within it okay so as we know back in the day like in the 70s they used to put razor blades inside pyramids and they'd stay sharp and all this sort of stuff oh yeah it's quite fascinating Um, so in this gigantic pyramid in Russia and I mean gigantic it's massive they were putting in things like you know um, tomato plants and the tomatoes would grow to enormous size and this is all documented scientifically um, and they even put in a plant that had like some kind of cancerous growth and it actually got better and it was completely cured of this cancerous built growth. a pyramid house well I think so <laughs> well you need great. to build our own pyramid <laughs> so they wanted to prove that the energy was the thing that was causing this right the energy and the influence of the energy so they took bricks out of the local prison and they put these bricks into the pyramid and they left them there for about, I think it was seven days or something. And then they put the bricks back into the walls of the prison. And they said that violence in the prison went down by 70%. (gasps) That's amazing. So the influence of the energy was there. That's how powerful we are. We are so powerful, absolutely. And when you're tapping into the love around you, instead of the the you know the conditioned news mm. you think that you're getting the true story you're not you're getting what they want you to see they being whoever's in charge this is now coming down to people waking up and i've seen it a lot people are waking up to what's around them and really looking deeper and saying you know what's in front of me what can i do to change what's in front of me what can i do to help Yes. Right. And then once you start doing that and paying it forward to others, and if everyone in the world did that, then everything would start to change. You'd not only feel better about yourself, but also you're changing the way that people are seeing the world. They're no longer seeing everyone as being their enemy. You're going to see them as being friends and helping each other. And I think that's going to be the most important thing of the golden age that's coming up for us, is that we're all going to see each other as equals instead of people that are trying to take something from us in some way or feeling like we're better than or not good enough those yeah. those two things it is really interesting as you were as you were saying that i was i was really thinking about how our you know when somebody does something wrong and we're so quick to maybe get angry or feel victimized in in those moments but when somebody has shown cruelty to another but you can still see the truth behind where that comes from that pain their pain yes and love them all the same that is so much more powerful it doesn't mean not respecting boundaries and we have had podcasts about boundaries Mm, mm. but this is about still shining a light on them a light of love to be able to allow that that clarity and that truth to come through oh look absolutely you know this is why i love reiki so much is that you can send reiki healing to somebody from a distance you do not have to be in their life anymore you do not have to be a part of what they're doing to you but you can still send love and healing and move on from that and heal yourself completely so that you no longer are affected by whatever negativity that they are still wanting to throw. It's very important as an individual, I think, to be able to love yourself first and then love and forgive people around you who might be hurting you because they can't love or forgive themselves. That's very true. I think it's a good time to mention too, if anybody is interested in any of the services Alison and I offer, so Alison does do incredible Reiki workshops uh, in Cairns, (laughs) based in Cairns, and you do them in Adelaide, 
and, yes, and, and Sydney. Sydney. Yep. Yes, and we're doing a lot of. We're actually about to launch um, workshops online. Fantastic. So we're going to be doing workshops all over, well, anywhere in the world, really, that you want to just tune in on. Yes. And we both do Zoom readings and I offer meditation classes up here in Cairns as well. So for people that are learning how to meditate, because that's a great way to self-reflect. Absolutely. And I thought something I was going to mention to you, you should be doing meditation online. Oh, I will. There we go. Get out to the world that way. that. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) So when when we look at this, this conditioning... Uh, is there anything that you th- you see commonly? I mean, that we did we did say that that feeling, that sense of being unloved, mm. unworthy. That's a common one that comes up, isn't it? Everything comes back to love. Everything in this world does. So yeah, absolutely. If you are conditioned to um, fit, be feeling not good enough, you're going to try and fill up your life with other things. Consumerism comes from that. So you know, you why do you think that we're always fed those negative things on the TV all the time? It's because it makes us feel bad or it hits the, it hits the nerve within us yes. when we're watching those sad movies and then uh, I might go and eat some food or I might go and buy something to make me feel better I'll go buy a new dress so I feel more sexy you know all of those things are about the triggers and getting us to to go out there and spend more money that we really don't need all this stuff right, right. Um, so conditioning is around you all the time it's whether or not you can love yourself enough to break free of that that's what that's what you have to do so if you need help to do that seek out a really great healer we have a whole list of them that we can help you with we, do. we have so many wonderful people all over australia in fact all over the world now um, that can help so um, just be aware that if you you do feel like you're not enough if you do feel like you need help with this please get in contact and we will definitely help you we will indeed thanks so much for listening today Um, Now, if you did enjoy our YouTube and our uh, podcast, please be sure to like, share and subscribe. And feel free to send questions. Oh, please do. We love it. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to The Divine Style with Jalinda Stella and Alison Maiden. You can ask questions or find out more at jalinda.com.au or alisonmaiden.com.